you know, I was going to play Superman, and that fell apart uh, for whatever the reasons. And then I saw that movie, and I said to myself, well, that was a much more nostalgic, traditional approach to that character. And I didn't want to do that. I was going to turn that character upside down along with Tim Burton. <laughs> Hello and welcome to CageCast, the podcast that joyfully dissects the filmography of one of America's most unique and engaging leading men, Nicolas Cage. I'm Nate Porter, and with me for this special bonus episode is... Britt Porter. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Britt, can you tell people what our special bonus episode is all about? I sure can. Uh, we recently screened in our own private screening facility. <laughs> yes. The uh, new documentary, The Death of Superman Lives. What happened? Yeah. That, well, that's the whole title. Sure. I Well, I was getting to that. And so normally what we do on the podcast is we're, we're going through sequentially the movies in Nicolas Cage, but we thought it would be fun to talk about something that's that's new and Cage-related. And so we sat down to watch this a few nights ago, and I'll say you were a little hesitant. Yeah, I was skeptical. I mean, I'd seen the trailer for it and knew the premise, but I was sort of like, well, how good could this really be if, you know, it's a documentary and it's about a movie that never got made and... Healthy skepticism going in, I would say. Well, and I am a a avid listener of the show Movie Talk, well, watcher and listener. And John Schnepp, the creator of this documentary, is one of the the co-hosts on that. I know you don't watch that, Britt, but I I watch it every day or listen to it on the podcast. And and was just very excited hearing about this. They were talking about it for like a year before it even came out, and so and when it was released, I scooped it right up, and we got some time, and here we are talking about it. That's right. So the thing I want to say more than anything is the title is very apt. I, I like that at the end they put The Death of Superman Lives, what happened, because I don't see this documentary as much about what was the ultimate demise of this movie. I see it as like literally what happened throughout the entire process. How was it conceived? Who were the players involved? It's a dissection of the making of a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, I think if this had been made, it was scheduled or it was tracking to be a pretty major theatrical release. And it's hard to get the sense of that just from watching the trailer for the documentary or from hearing snippets. You really have to see the documentary to get that full understanding. But I mean, they were, John Schnepp was able to grab almost every major contributor to this movie for his documentary. I mean, it's, I agree. It, it is. It's fairly incredible. I mean, from the producer to the studio heads. Yeah, all to, three writers of the script. To um, the director. Tim Burton. Yeah, it's like he, sitting, John, how did you sit down with Tim Burton for this? Yeah, I mean, John Schnepp flies to Tim's London estate and interviews him on camera in his home at length. 
and is uh, that's a major part of this documentary. It was kind of impressive. Yeah, and and so it's it's really it's really fascinating. The the stuff with Kevin Smith, who wrote the first draft, and just basically how they they found him and how he got connected into this. Kevin Smith is a great storyteller, and he and he does a great job kind of setting us up for this narrative. And so we don't want to. I don't want to get too much into you know the nitty gritty of exactly you know what happens and the the beat by beat because that's the fun of watching this movie is it really does tell this story from beginning to end from from the idea of why they wanted to make this movie to its ultimate demise and i would recommend this film for anyone who is curious about the hollywood process the studio process how a movie goes from from a thought to you know through the the writing and the drafts but really what was amazing to me was all the um art direction yeah a lot of the people that are interviewed were concept artists that were hired to just create concept art for what the movie might have looked like. I mean, and there, there I think there were easily, what, eight to ten artists. Different inter- artists, yeah. That were literally just brought in and hired to to draw images, um, co- conceptual um, suits, characters, what does, what did Krypton have looked like? What was the imagining of that? I mean, and it's cool too, because they show page after page after page of these beautiful, uh, works of art, drawings and, uh, characterizations of Superman and of some different villains that would have made an appearance. And these are all things that easily could be framed and, Oh, on yeah. They're beautiful art. I know and, it. and it's like, I can't even believe that that's a part of the process, that, that so much of it is, let's bring these guys in to visualize for us a what-if world that, you know, a lot of it doesn't get used. And and they interview a guy that, one of the artists that worked for worked on this movie before it was even, I mean, they never filmed a day of it, I don't think. So this was all just pre-production stuff, right? But one of the guys said they had hired three or four artists just to work on drawing different things. And they all sat in a room and that's all they did all day for months and months was draw different ideas of what this villain could look like or what these ghouls could look like. Or one of the villains was going to ride in on a ship and the producer wanted it to look like a giant skull. And so here's all these different potential skull ships. And that skull ship was awesome. It was awesome. It was so cool. The skull ship was supposed to contain specimens of live um, species from different planets. And so another artist was drawing all these potential specimens, hundreds of these make-believe characters. And I mean, that just blew me away, you know? Exactly. And the art really, I'm happy this movie got made simply so we could see all of this art that had been sitting around in people's drawers or in files for 15 or 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it, it is incredible, some of the stuff. And and I don't know how the director got access to all this stuff. I'm surprised it still exists. I'm surprised that people had held on to it for that long. But he has so much of this art to go through. It really is a thing to behold. I wish I had been able to see this on the big screen. And if you ever get a chance to see this movie projected, do it. Because the art is is really, really incredible. And what they did with the art, they did that, you know when they take the art and then put it in different layers and so it really kind of pops out and comes alive and moves a little bit? They did that with a lot of the art 
from the movie. And so it's not just, hey, here's a flat drawing or here's a flat painting. Like they actually really made the art come to life, which must have taken, honestly, uh, as someone who edits a little bit for fun, this must have taken forever to put together. Yeah, the documentary overall is very well made. I I think part of the reason I was skeptical is that I know that he had a crowdsourcing campaign to fundraise just to get the thing put together and released. And I thought, well, how good can this be? It's very well done. Like it's, yeah, definitely very professionally well done. Yeah. Um, So it is. It's a fun story. There's a lot of people, a lot of people that you can tell just poured a lot of their talents into what was going to be this big, incredible movie, some incredible special effects, some incredible costuming uh, that you get to see. And, you know, it's not just here's a test screen of Nicolas Cage in a Superman costume. It's, you know, let's interview the costume designer who had worked on all of these other films, had worked with Burton before on Edward Scissorhands, and let's talk, like, what was right. her vision? How did we do... How did she, you know... Yeah, the, fi- was- the fiber optics. How yeah. did we do that? What was the... But I love it, and I, I'm glad you brought up the suit, because the suit is kind of a central theme in this, too, and that's really where... I mean, you're listening to this because you're a fan of Nicolas Cage. Obviously, he was going to be the, the main character, and a lot of what the movie focuses around him around is this suit just the backstory of it and what it is. And it's kind of this living thing that kind of becomes a part of him. And how did they not only like, how did they make it, but what did it mean? And what did the different incarnations of the suit mean? And how would, and and then the practical, like how would they make the suit to actually work and flow and and be mobile when someone got inside of it? Yeah. There's, you know, footage of, of one of the designers or one of the people working on the film, testing out various, um, substances that the suit is made of right. and some of them not working. And, you know, here's buckling in this joint when I flex my arm. And it's really fascinating. I mean, and then hearing, yeah. the, hearing the process of how they landed on the right composite material to produce uh, the suit and then what they did to overlay this. Ear, it, it's technically and artistically fascinating to to see that and to think, man, someone poured a lot of themselves into this this thing that never got made which is really unfortunate but also just to see that this is really what it's like to produce a movie of this scale the amount of thought the amount of people that go into it the time that's spent you know before they even begin filming putting together concepts and ideas and testing things out and think all the little attention to detail that they think about with and the script and the first mm -hmm, draft and then you bring in somebody else for the second and then you bring in somebody else for the third and how many ideas and how many people's crazy ideas need to go into this and the kind of the politics of the studio system yeah it's really amazing it it, it's i i will say i came away really glad that i saw it it was really fascinating it was very well done it's a real shame that the movie didn't get made i would have at this point loved to see yes i agree I, i feel like um after watching this documentary I really wish they had made it. Now, the, everyone in the movie says, we really don't know how it would have turned out, but it would have been interesting, which is what a lot of Nicolas Cage's films are turning out I, to be. I have to say, there was so much thought put into all the details. And actually, as we watch the documentary and you hear the writers and the director and the producer sort of talking about certain elements of... Um, 
super band, like Tim Burton really wanting to play up the fact that he is a foreigner, that he is an right. alien, that there's you know all of these other uh, superhero characters that we have seen are in fact human. Batman is still a human. Um, the X-Men are still, you know, they're, they're from the planet, even if they have sort of mutant powers, that kind of thing. And S- Superman is like a wholly other race. And when he finds that out, um, that, that really causes an identity crisis for him and that that's such a central theme to the movie, such a big part of the way they think about the, their approach to the movie and how it's going to maybe possibly be a little bit darker and that there's this, first of all, that's really interesting to hear and to, to, to it's fascinating to, to get a glimpse into that. But also we, we were talking as we watched this and I think there are a lot of those elements that you see in the latest reboot of Superman. With, absolutely. With um, um, Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. There I think Zack Snyder the- tied in a lot of that insecurity into the new Superman. So I wonder how much was drawn from this. It, obviously a little bit Yeah, to me. I mean, it, it was pretty... There were a few things that they talked about wanting to do with this movie that that you would saw done in the last right, exactly. version of the Superman Chronicles. So it does make me wonder, well, did, was he able to draw on some of that as source material for his, for his version? Because there was a few different pieces. Um, so as a Cage fan or a Cage enthusiast or, or just curious, I was wondering how much of this movie would be Cage-centered because I know that they didn't actually get an interview with Cage. And I... Um, over Twitter, I, I talked to one of the producers of the film, and she said that he actually was considering, and they were trying to work out uh, when to do the interview, and he just worked so much that um, it, it didn't actually happen. They were trying for like a year to get it to happen, and it just didn't kind of pan out. But it sounds like they're on very good terms. It sounds like um, they're about to get feedback on what he thought about the movie, and so I'm really interested to, to know what he thought. Uh, you can tell, and again, if you're listening to this because you really enjoy Nick Cage, I would say this is essential viewing because you get a ton of behind the scenes, um, a, a lot of it trying on the suit, uh, Cage just joking around and talking about the character with Tim Burton and some of the other producers and some of the costume people. It's really a neat kind of behind the scenes look at Nicolas Cage. And you have to remember, this is Cage at, at his peak, really. This is face-off Cage and uh, Con Air Cage and The Rock Cage. And this is a few years after he won his Oscar. It it's just shows... Him actually really being kind of funny and 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 very personable behind the scenes. I, I really had a huge smile on my face every time that they come back to him and some of the conversations they were having. I think it's a really fascinating look at at what really goes on behind the scenes and that, you know, it's just a lot of people trying to figure something out to varying degrees of success. But uh, I really, really, really enjoyed this film. Again, I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface of everything that's that's in this documentary. It is vast. I got the um, the online copy and it comes with eight to 10 hours of bonus features, which I haven't even started to go into, but I think over time I will check those out and kind of delve into that. Britt, would you recommend this to other Cage fans. Yeah, definitely. It's fun. It's fun to think about and dream about that he could have been a Superman and possibly a very successful one. Um, So I would recommend this to anyone interested, remotely interested in Cage. And also, if you are a sideline superhero fan, which I would say I am, definitely not a hardcore, diehard comic book reading fan, but I enjoy a good superhero movie and You do. You like Watchmen. You like 
all, almost all superhero movies. I really do, yeah. Comic I like, book movies. I, I traverse both sides of the DC Marvel aisle, so there's that. But if you're remotely curious, watch this. It's, it's interesting. It's cool to see a group of people trying to envision a whole universe where this person exists and where he might have come from and what that would have looked like. And um, I, I recommend, yeah, for sure. So if you do want to see the movie, do what I did, and you go to the death of Superman lives what happened.com, but it's not the words, it's the initials. So it's T D O S L W H dot com. And there's a few different ways you can buy the movie. And now remember, this is all self-funded. It was a little bit crowdfunded to do some of the post-production and the audio and the mastering and things like that. And so really honestly, the 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 idea that I get is that every dollar you spend literally goes to the filmmakers and the people that worked on the movie. I know it It must have taken so much time and energy and effort and money to put this together. And so I was happy just for the effort that they put forth to, uh, to make that purchase. But definitely, we're telling you, if you're listening to this, it is worth, worth, worth your time to spend a few dollars and get this movie and check it out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to be more clear about that. Britt, any uh, final thoughts? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. No, but... Um, it was good. Go, yeah. on, go check it out. It was great. And and again, if you're a Cage fan, it's I would say this is this is a must-watch of what, of what could have been. So thank you to uh, all of you who have listened to this. We probably won't do very many of these bonus episodes that we've never done one before, but um, hopefully it goes well. If you've never heard about our podcast, if this is the first time, we're a podcast called CageCast. We are watching all of Nick Cage's films, at least the ones where he has a, a starring role or an integral supporting role. If that's your thing, if you like what you hear, please do listen in because we're going, we're going through and we're having a great time. So that's it. Bye. <laughs>